Hello, hello, and welcome to the third episode of the Survivor's Toolbox, or the main series. And so, here we are at finding and making a safe space. We're just going to go over the Survivor's Toolbox again. That's one, taking a moment to honor yourself. Two, finding and making a safe space. Three, acknowledging and respecting where you are in this journey now. Four, understanding what pace to take. Five, removing the excess baggage in your life. Six, allowing yourself a support system. Seven, understanding how to nurture yourself. And eight, knowing what to expect. And don't expect to have all of these under your belt at the same time. Um, But just knowing them kind of gives you something to work toward, uh, just depending on what your circumstances are. And so before we start, I do want to begin with some some opening questions just to think about. You don't have to have an answer now, but just to have in the back of your head while we go through this. Where do you go when you encounter something that is triggering for your trauma? Do you have a safe space or multiple spaces that you call your personal spaces? And do you feel safe in the places that you call your personal spaces? So if you're new, welcome to Relentless. (laughs) I highly recommend that you start from the beginning. But if you're here anyway, um, welcome. Uh, We uh, welcome to uh, another another episode where we explore life beyond surviving child sexual assault or child sexual abuse. And um, just like the previous episode, for those who have not, I highly encourage um, listeners to find professional help. There's a little bit more about this in my resources page of the website at www.relentlesspodcast.com. And so just diving in to our main topic. Okay. And so I think that this is probably one of the first truly actionable podcast of the season. And sadly, I would imagine that there are a lot of survivors who find the concept of a safe space difficult to absorb. I know it was for me growing up. And it might be because of hypervigilance. So hypervigilance might prevent us from making our own safe spaces. And so it might be virtually impossible to us, depending on where we are and what we're dealing with. And maybe we might be afraid of trusting any space to be safe at all because of that hypervigilance and that hyperawareness. Regardless, I I think that a safe space is so important because establishing a safe space and protecting them are very important to our well-being just to have the time and the space dedicated to ourselves and our ability to heal and process through the different effects of our own trauma. And yes, I think that every single survivor deserves a safe space to claim and own. Now, what exactly am I talking about when I say a safe space? A personal safe space can be mental, but it also can be physical. It's an area of space that you control that's free of external sources of stress and is free of the risk of any possible dangers. It provides emotional safety and it can also provide mental safety. What I am going to be referring to throughout this episode is an actual geographic location or locations. So a room in your home, a place of meditation or your favorite park. Um, It's somewhere where you go when you're facing something that is triggering or it's somewhere where you go to process your trauma. And 
honestly, it can be just a different space from where you are at that very moment. So it can be unspecific and it can be flexible, um, but I think there's a lot of value. Uh, there's a lot of value in having a dedicated space. Okay, so how do you begin making a safe space at home? If this is realistic for you and you're able to do this, I highly suggest it. Um, it, it, it. If it's not home, maybe it's somewhere where you just spend the most time, okay? So it can be a room, it can be a corner, it can be a windowsill. You, you just want to um, d- dedicate a specific space and you kind of want it virtually free from unwanted harm and disturbances. Let's see. Some ideas, fill it with the things that you love. Just a quick Mary Kondo plug, I guess. The things that spark joy. Your favorite chair, favorite bookshelf, aromatherapy, music, photographs, uh, trinkets. Um, in the previous episode, Jeanette was talking about uh, a mindfulness exercise. So maybe having like a, a mindfulness go-to pack in that section. Things that'll help you uh, to stay grounded and present and to keep your your senses occupied. So maybe some of aromatherapy, um, your favorite musics. Um, your favorite photographs and some trinkets. An example of a safe space is the one that I have at home. It is um, our guest bedroom, which is actually mostly just my craft room. And so it's filled with, it's decorated just for me, really. (laughs) And it's filled with all of my favorite photographs. It's filled with so many pens of literally every color and so many um, notebooks and things that are visually pleasing to me, things that I can use to kind of occupy my senses when I am in um, when I am in a panic mode. Yeah. So um, I even have Play-Doh, <laughs> which I actually really do enjoy. And if, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, um, you'll understand. But a designated safe space is just so important. Um, I didn't have one when I grew up. My home was a very turbulent place. And um, if it weren't for for my closest friend, Jeanette, and her loving mother, Maru, who, who I consider my other mom, um, I really... I really don't think I would have gotten through high school and college like I did. Um, they they provided me with a safe space um, where I could decompress and process through my trauma and process through um, a lot of the difficult things that I was going through. And so they provided me with a safe space when I absolutely needed them. And uh, I... I I can't thank them enough. It was so valuable and I didn't realize how valuable it was until I actually had a space that I could call my own. And just noticing the difference between me trying to process my trauma now versus me trying to process my trauma in my parents' home, it's a it's a world of a difference. And so if if your home is not a safe space, um, I would highly, highly encourage you to f- find a different find a different place or, you know, to try to get out of that specific situation. Okay. So sometimes you might live with other people and something might have happened at home and you need an external place to go to. And so this is why I think that having an external safe space is just as important as establishing a safe space inside the home. And so a lot of the um, safe spaces outside of the home that I had were uh, going to the library, 
Um, there were a bunch of private areas. It was a place where I can just kind of do the things that I enjoy um, and just relax. And I didn't have to um, face or deal with um, anyone who was disrupting um, disrupting my peace. Uh, I, w- I went to the church a lot. I sang. Um, other outdoor spaces were the park. Um, there's a community garden. If, if there's a community garden, the beach, the lake, um, and r- some shared spaces. Uh, Jeanette recommended in conversation before um, survivor support groups, which is very, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, and they even have those in person and online. If you rely on your external safe spaces, um, I would suggest probably packing an emergency go pack. Um, and I chuckle because, uh, not because it's funny to be in a panic situation, but because um, I didn't realize that I was doing this growing up, um, but I did because I had to. Uh, and and so um, I would suggest packing a specific bag or a box of um, the things that make you happy and the things that ground you, things that can occupy your senses, um, things that would probably work for the five, four, three, two, one mindfulness exercise, um, like in a little baggie or something. Um, your favorite journal, your favorite pen, um, a phone with an emer- with emergency contacts. That's ex- extremely important. Um, snacks, water. Uh, don't bring the entire world in that go pack. Um, make sure that it's still mobile, um, but. Just have one for yourself because um, I think whenever we get into a stress, flight, or fight mode, um, it's extremely important to prepare for that beforehand rather than trying to scramble and try to find a way to um, pack everything that you need while you're in um, a stress mode. Okay, and that in a nutshell is finding and making a safe space. And I think part of finding and making a safe personal space is knowing when to use your safe spaces and knowing when to use your safe spaces kind of goes in line with understanding what your boundaries are and understanding understanding your patterns and, and understanding your triggers and the things that um, bring you into stress mode. And so while I will not discuss that in this specific episode, I will be talking with Jeanette in a future episode about this. So stay tuned. But until then, I leave you with some assignments. So the first prompt is write about two to three specific instances where and when you felt safe. Be very specific. And then write about two to three specific instances where and when you felt unsafe and be as specific as you can. And next, write a list of 10 specific personal flags and signals. If any of these come up this week, observe the best time for you to break away from where you are to go to a different environment. And here are some examples. The feeling like you don't want to be anywhere else in the world but the place you are currently in. The feeling like you want to scream or yell at someone. A feeling of helplessness. The feeling of losing control over how you act. The feeling of um, difficulty to uh, think clearly. The feeling of having more voices in your head than you normally do. Feeling knots in your stomach. Feeling like you want to hurt yourself or hurt someone else. 
your mind going blank, feeling like you're starting to dissociate or having visual or emotional flashbacks. If you have any of those or if you have um, specific unique ones, just notice them and write them down. And then the next prompt is write a list of 10 specific personal boundaries and let this list grow as you continue to notice where you are the most comfortable. And those last two prompts are kind of a preparation prompt for the next for the next episode. But until then, um, I wish you the best and I hope um, that you're able to find and make a safe personal space. If you made it this far, be sure to like, comment, follow, and or subscribe and join me in the conversation either on the website blog post on www.relentlesspodcast.com or on my Instagram account at relentlessjoanna. While I may freely share my tips, tricks, or advice, I do recognize that my experiences and circumstances will not be the same as everyone else's. So sharing your unique experiences may bring a lot of comfort and reassurance to someone else who may have shared similar circumstances as you. And um, I'd like to share some important adjustments I've made. I want to say thank you um, to my dearest friends and to anyone who has taken the time to um, leave feedback, either uh, either positive or uh, directional, <laughs> which is my my way of saying negative feedback. Um, I highly, highly value both types of feedback because it gives me an idea of how to make adjustments in this podcast. This podcast ultimately is for uh, other people as a resource for other um, survivors. And I want to make sure that it is it is something um, worthwhile listening to. I want to make sure that um, I... I mentioned things that that you might want more detail about. So um, I, I do take all types of feedback seriously. So so uh, thank you for those who who have left feedback. Um, one of my friends had mentioned um, that it might be a good idea to space out ideas with different types of sound effects or uh, music, and I thought that was a great idea. It's almost like white space in a blog post. It's um, uh, It makes it more palatable and easier to understand and to grasp concepts. So um, thank you, Huang, for that, that great suggestion. I also have another friend who suggested um, that I keep my recording technique consistent. And lastly, um, I've noticed that the volume for my earlier episodes um, would fluctuate to and from devices. So I want to thank um, Jonathan, my fiance, who has helped me in mixing and mastering these soundtracks. All that being said, thank you so much for listening and I'll meet you again at the next episode.